Amen. The Lord is good. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Our Father, I want to thank you in the name of Jesus. I want to appreciate, I want to glorify you. Thank you because you are good. Thank you because your mercies endure forever. Thank you because you are the one who loveth without condition. Jehovah will give you praise. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your loving kindness that is always with us. Without you, there is no us. Thank you, Jehovah. Without you, there is no me. We give you all the glory. Thank you for your grace and mercy upon our lives. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. We are, we are going to be looking at hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen? Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. The Lord put this in my mind to share with us how Jesus feels about how we do or how we live our everyday life. Amen? How Jesus feels. And his comments and his recommendations based on how he feels. Praise the Lord. And that gave me an insight into the book of Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 where Jesus begin to express how he feels about the churches, about the church, seven churches in Asia. And there he was also able to recommend what the church ought to do. And also he, he was also able to promise and to let the church know <clears throat> what they should be expecting if they do exactly what he has commanded. Praise the Lord. Amen. There was one word that was prominent in so many of his words, his promises. He goes with, he that endureth to the end. He that is able to conquer. He that overcometh. Praise the Lord. That is to say, Jesus already understands that humanly speaking from the human point of view, it is not going to be easy. Amen. A man of God prayed one time and said, in this year you shall be victorious. 
Everybody shouted, Amen. Like my pastor said, Amen now. But he went further to explain. It means in this year, you will fight a lot of battles. Then the Amen reduced. So when Jesus tells you that if you overcome, that is the same thing he's trying to tell you. There will be, an op- there will be opposition. There will be things that will stand on your way. Your flesh will not be able to withstand. You will have pains. Sometimes you have to cry. You have to go through all this with this victory in your mind. It is only when you are victorious. It is only when you conquer. You see? Praise the Lord. So I want us to understand that it is not going to be easy. If anybody tells you this race is going to be easy, the person is not telling you the truth. Jesus has confirmed it to us here, okay, that we have to overcome, we have to fight, we have to go with determination. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Our anchor, like I said earlier, is going to be on Revelation from chapter 2 and chapter 3. Chapter 2 and chapter 3. I read from verse 1. It says, Write this letter to the angels of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patience, endurance, I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claim of those who say they are apostles, but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Praise the Lord. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Not suffered because of your daily bread, not suffered because of what you did wrong, but you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Praise the Lord. So Jesus recognized that they have patiently suffered without what? Without quitting. Look how far. But I have this complaint, verse 4. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. You don't love me. You don't love each other as you did at first. Your first love is no longer what it is. Your first love is now divided. Amen. You, you, that first love that was whole before has now been broken into what? Into pieces. It is no longer who, what it is. You have shared the love of God with so many other things. 
Therefore, the law is no longer what God expects. Amen. Amen. Like the story of a woman that was looking unto God for the fruit of the womb. And when the woman gave birth, his coming to church regularly declined. And they asked, Madam, what is happening these days? We are not seeing you much in our fellowship. He said, you see the problem of this child. Amen? See the problem of this child. So that woman has divided the love that comforts her in the presence of God all the time. She finds her presence there. Have shared the love with the child. Amen? Not that the woman should not love the child, but she should understand. We should understand that our hearts, no matter what it takes, that is the challenges God is trying to tell us. You must overcome it. Amen? So that the love you have for God will be whole and not fragmented. We often give good excuses because of this, because of that. That is why Jesus is telling us right now that we must overcome those things. Those things that we are struggling with, we must overcome them and still be able to maintain this love. Amen. The man of God was speaking one time and he said, whenever I'm tired, I know if I kneel down, I need to pray. And pray, I will sleep off. What I do, I pray going on my staircase up and down until I am satisfied. Praise the Lord. So that is a way he has made to overcome that situation so that he can still remain in the love of God. So that Jesus will not say, to him in the later day, you have left your first love. Amen. You have left your first love. You see those excuses we have. God wants us to fathom something and defeat those excuses so that our love for God will still be intact. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. But in verse 5, he said, look how far you have fallen from that first law. Turn back to me again and walk as you did at first. You see? Walk as you did at first. All those excuses will not be taken. That is what Jesus is saying. It will not be taken. So you must walk as you have walked with me at first. You don't, if you don't, you can see how serious Jesus is here. I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. When we talk about first love, you have left your first love, so many of us take it very trivially. You know, my, you know, love, okay, like that. But from the statement Jesus made here, you know, from the statement he concluded with here, we understand how serious 
Jesus is with that first law. Nothing but our first law is what Jesus wants from us. Nothing but our first law. Amen. Those days we would trek kilometers, you know, just to get to a place where we want to preach the gospel. But today, we will give excuses of our car not be all right. I cannot go into the sun and wait for taxi today. Jesus is not accepting that. He wants you to fight all those things that are fighting that love. You fight it, overcome. Amen? Fight it, overcome, and retain that love. And retain that love. We often, you know, understand it from this perspective that Jesus, we understand. Here, we can understand what Jesus will not understand. Amen? What Jesus will not understand. He will not understand your excuses. The only thing he will understand is your first love. Amen? Praise the Lord. In verse 6, he said, There is this about you that is good. You hate the deeds of the immoral Nicolaitans, just as I do. You see? Now he did not because of these good deeds, you know, and pacify the church of Ephesus. You know, it is not because of this good deed and say, okay, at least they are trying. They are doing this right. But if they are not doing right in the place of my first love, let me excuse them. No. Praise the Lord. Amen. This is exactly what the Spirit of God laid in my heart. Let me feel. How do I feel? How Jesus is feeling about everything that I'm doing? Let me feel it. Let me know. Let me understand from Jesus himself how he feels about our behavior. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Then he said this word in verse 7. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the church. Everyone who is victorious will eat from the tree of life in the paradise of God. I'm very sure we understand this, why this word victorious is being used. It's not going to be easy. You must understand that making heaven is a full-time business. It's not a part-time. You know, it's not a labor. It is a serious business. This is what I want. I will go for it. That is what making heaven is all about. Let somebody shout hallelujah. I try to make it a bit uh, understandable here, you know, when I put it in this format. In this book of Revelation, chapter two, uh, 2 and chapter 3, Jesus introduced himself 
Okay, he introduced himself. The first introduction he made was in Revelation chapter 1, verse 4, when he said, he is the one who was and who is to come. He is the one who was and he to come. Psalm 102, verse 25 and 27 says, Long ago you laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hand. They will perish, but you will remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will change them like garments and discard them, but you are always the same. You will live forever. Praise the Lord. So that is his first introduction. The one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. Praise the Lord. That is to say, he is from the beginning to the end. He is from the beginning to the end. He knows everything about you. He made you. He knows you. So you cannot hide from him. You cannot make excuses because he is from the beginning to the end. Let somebody shout hallelujah. The second introduction he made here in the book of Revelation is that the first to rise from the dead and the commander of all the rulers of the world. He is the commander of all the rulers of the world. He who freed us from our sins by shedding his blood. That also is his introduction in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. Amen. Praise the Lord. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. All these I'm mentioning are what Jesus introduced himself to us as. Amen. Not that somebody said that this is what Jesus said about himself. Amen. As recorded by John. The beginning and the end. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 43, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10. But you are my witnesses, Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I am I am I alone am God. There is no other God. There is never has been and just never will be. Amen. There is no other God. He is from the beginning to the end. The living one who died and live forever and, and hold the key of death and grief. Praise the Lord. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 6. The Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but raises others up. That is to say, he has the power to make 
to die and to make alive. The one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. Amen. The one who has the seven stars in his hand and the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands, which is the angels of the churches, of the seven churches. Praise the Lord. Amen. From, that, from this one we have read, to chapter 3, concerning all the churches, because of our time, I'm trying to make sure I'm able to, you know, converge it as much as I can. Praise the Lord. So, from, uh, from the church of Ephesus down to the church of Pagamos, Thyatira, and all the seven churches, there were accommodations that he made about these churches. And the reason why I extracted this commendation so that we will know what Jesus commends. Whatever you are doing, you should either know whether Jesus is happy with you, that is, he's commending on those things, or he is not commending on them. Praise the Lord. So, from what is mentioned about the churches, I want us to understand Jesus has some commendations. That is to say, things that pleases him, that the churches we are doing. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 2, these were his commendations about the church of Ephesus. He commended their patience. He commended their endurance. He also commended them not tolerating evil doctrines. He also commended them of rejecting. Praise the Lord. Let us uh, open our Bible to this revelation, chapter 2, verse 2. He says, I know the things, I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work. Amen. That is to say, Jesus commands us to work hard. Work hard in his vineyard. And your patience, endurance. That is, he commands us when we, when we exhibit patience. And when we endure. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claim of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered that they are liars. So in this Revelation chapter 2 verse 2, we understand that Jesus teaches us and commands us when we patiently when we patiently, you know, exhibit or do what we are supposed to do. When we endure, when we endure, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. 
Here, he also made us to understand that the people were able to reject. They were able to reject those who were trying to, uh, who were trying to teach them other doctrines. And they were carefully able to understand and they rejected them. That is why Paul said in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. He said the Berean Christians were more noble than those in what? In Thessalonica. In that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scripture daily whether those things were so. If someone comes or you find yourself in a particular wrong doctrine, here the scripture makes me to understand that you don't have anybody to blame. Praise the Lord. And Jesus will not take it as excuse from you. You see, he commended these people because these people were confronted with this kind of teaching then they entitled it Deeper Truths. <laughs> you know, you beware of when, um, when a particular word is being, you know, is being embellished or diluted with other phrases. Jesus is what? The truth. So these people said, no, we are teaching you the deeper truths. And they begin to introduce all sorts of heresies. They won't come like heresies. They will begin to sense your convenience, what you want to hear. And they will begin to tell you. Praise the Lord. I was watching on YouTube when one pastor was saying, your sin cannot take you to hell. Because Jesus has already saved you. And I saw some people in the, in the congregation jumping up and saying, right on, pastor. That is how it comes. That is how it comes. Because the people have that ear itching to hear the word that will support them in their evil ways. And as soon as it is clinging, they pick it up. Praise the Lord. So, like the Berean Christian, you are supposed to go home and search the scripture. This doctrine, this one is preaching. Is it true? Is it in alignment with the word of God? Praise the Lord. If you don't understand any new teaching, you are not bound, you are not bound to accept it until you understand it. Praise the Lord. If somebody is pushing you, why don't you accept this? Tell the person to give you time. Tell the person to give you time that you are not convinced yet. Let me go and search the scripture and see what God is saying concerning what you are telling me. Because if you fall on a wrong doctrine and you begin to carry the wrong doctrine as a burden and feel you are serving God, you are on your own. You are on your own. Praise the Lord. 
you are supposed. That is why the Bible says we should always study the word. When he told Joshua, it is in this world that you will prosper. It is as strong as that. That your prosperity is attached to this world. So if you are separating yourself from the world and you land yourself in doctrines that is not of God, you are to be blamed. So Jesus is saying and he's commending those who do what? Who search the scriptures. Who does, just, who does not just pick the message like some of us we do today. The next time we will open our Bible will be next Friday. Such people are vulnerable. They will hear anything and they will jump for it. Praise the Lord. You are supposed to study your scriptures daily. Amen? You are supposed to read the Bible daily. You are supposed to meditate on the word of God daily. It is also the amount of spiritual power that is with you. That is to say, if your spirit is like the type that you feed on this Friday, okay, and before you feed that spirit again, will be nice Friday. I'm very sure that spirit will be as uh, fat as I am. No, it will be very lean without strength. Any, any wind will blow it away. Praise the Lord. So be, be a fan, let me put it that way, of your scripture so that you'll be able to stand in the truth. You know, as you read on, you will understand some people left their what? Their truth. The truth they know. They left it. They left the truth. And this must be connected to the amount of scriptures that they know. Let somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. The number two that Jesus commended is our suffering and our endurance. He says, your suffering, endurance, okay? He said, he talks about our suffering and our endurance, and he said, we should not be afraid of persecution. Should not be afraid of persecution. James chapter 1, verse 2. James chapter 1, verse 12 says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. A man who endureth temptation when he is tried. Praise the Lord. In trials, our weapon of victory is what? Endurance. Endurance. Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. I was saying, Oh Lord, let this cup pass over. But above all, let your will be done. Amen. Let your will be done. But you see, that endurance. Oh, although I am feeling pain, Lord, I can still go on if you do what? If you, your hand is upon me. 
You see, the Bible said the angels came to minister unto him. Why? Because he must drink out of that cup. All he needs is what? Strength. Strength in endurance. That is what God will give you if you must pass through that, if you must drink out of that cup. He will only give you strength to endure. Praise the Lord. So he commended our endurance and he make us understand when we are tried, we should endure temptations. Amen. Amen. In Acts chapter 21, Acts chapter 21, Paul understood what it means to endure trials, to endure temptation. Even when Agabus, the, uh, the prophet, you know, came to him and, to, and demonstrated to him what he would suffer if he goes to Jerusalem. But he understands clearly suffering is what is part of the, the, the scope Okay, the scope or the, the, the narratives, suffering is part of it. So he was not afraid. You are just telling me what I know. Well, you are just telling me what I am ready, what I have already made up my mind to praise the Lord. Let somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Let us rise up to confirm our love for Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Yes, I love you, Lord. You are God. worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Yes, I worship you, Lord. You are God. I honor you, Lord. I honor you, Lord. I honor you, Lord. Yes, I honor you, Lord. You are God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let us be seated. Amen. Amen. He also talked about remaining loyal. Remaining loyal to him when he was addressing the church in Pergamon. He commended them. 
even when one of them was murdered, the church did not dissuade. The church was not afraid to come together, even when one of them was killed by Atipas. Praise the Lord. And that's in Revelation chapter 2, verse 13. Revelation 2, 13. I know that you live in the city where that great throne of Satan is located, and yet you have remained loyal to me, and you refuse to deny me even when Antipas, my faithful witness, was martyred among you by Satan's followers. So he commended, even despite what we pass through, we refuse to deny him. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, when the children of Israel found themselves in a strange land and their enemies wanted to mock them, they say, sing unto us your songs in Zion. May we not get to that level in Jesus' name. Because they disobeyed God and because of that they were not able to stand against their enemy. The enemy took them in captivity in mocking. It, they already got to the point where the enemy was mocking their God that they now stood up and said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? But in their land, they were singing the Lord's song in the pagan's shrine. When God was warning them, they were having a shirapot, they were having all sorts of worship, killing their children, burning them in fire. Amen. We need to understand, no matter what, we should not deny the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. He commended our faith and commended our love. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 19, he also commended our constant improvements. That is to say, in the house of the Lord, Jesus wants you to improve. You are every Friday uh, service attender for the past three months. Jesus wants you to take step further. He wants you to improve. He wants you to find yourself in a position. He wants you to, to see what God is doing and join him and grow gradually in that thing. Praise the Lord. He's expecting you that now that you are saved, to begin to do what? To begin to serve. To begin to serve. Your service could be preaching the gospel. Your service could be praying. Your service could be doing something that the Lord has laid in your hand in the house of God. He wants you to improve. 
So if you are not improving, you are not improving in what God wants you to improve, then let me let you know he is not happy with you. Praise the Lord. He wants you to improve. Amen. He also commended our obedience. Commended our obedience. Let us read Revelation chapter 3, verse 8. Revelation 3. I know all the things you do. I have opened a door for you that no one can shut. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Praise the Lord. You obeyed my word. So Jesus commands when he's pleased, when you pass through trials, you pass through temptations, persecution, and you remain steadfast with him. Praise the Lord. In the, after his commendation, there were some complaints, which also I want us to look at so that we can mirror ourselves from it. Amen. Praise the Lord. The complaint, the first one was when the church of Ephesus left their first love. He complained about that. He complained about that. The Revelation chapter 2 verse 1 said, Nevertheless, I have something against thee, because you have left thy first love. Okay? Jesus has something against that we have left our first love. Like I make us understand earlier, we don't need to share the love of Christ. We need to fight whatever is making us to share the love of Christ, overcome, and let our love for Jesus be intact. Amen. Then in the second one, which he, which he spoke to the church of Pergamon, was that they tolerated, they tolerated evil doctrine that teaches them to commit sexual immorality. They took in the teachings of the Nicolaitans that teaches them to eat food, sacrifice to idols. Jesus, is, Jesus complained about this church of Pergamos from this. Then also in the church in Tyra, Jesus complained of the same perverted doctrine that made a woman called Jezebel to be teaching in such a way that the church began to commit sexual immoralities and living a life that is not pleasing to God. Then he also makes us to understand that we might be living a life that we are alive, we are rich, we have everything, 
But if we give our life to pleasure, then we are dead as if we are alive. Amen? We are dead when we give. Praise the Lord. When we think we are alive. So we must be very, very careful of the way we give ourselves to pleasure. My brother was talking about an idol yesterday. And he said, there is one here, there is one here. And he, and he raised up his handset. You see how crafty the enemy has made the idol so beautiful and so handling? You know. I watched some clips where some people were just on the, on the top and they were walking into the highway with it. They are, so, they are so deep into it that they, in fact, their environment was no longer their concern. All the concern is that, please, praise the Lord, we must understand when it is getting out of hand. Some of us, the excuses that we give of not being in the presence of the Lord cannot be far-fetched from the time that that handset is taken from us. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let us understand that pleasure, pleasure, when we give ourselves to pleasure, it could lead to catastrophe. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Jesus complained, like we see in the, in the church of uh, Pagamos, allowing the teaching. So many of us will allow the teachings of the kind of itching ear type of teaching the type of teaching that we want to hear. Anything that does not address sin as sin, be very, very careful with it. That try to call sin a different name, like diplomacy. Okay? We should be careful about it. Amen. It is better that we call that name and feel bad about it and repent that we are so cool about the name and it remains. Praise the Lord. So after this complaint, Jesus made recommendation. You know, he made recommendation to us by telling us to go back to our first love. Go back to your first love. What is it that has taken your love of God away? Settle it. If it is something that is bigger that you can handle, call on God. He will help you. But let me let you know that excuses that you are putting up for the reason you have left your first love will not be taken. Amen. 
praise the Lord. Amen. Then he's talking about the church of Smyrna, that they should be faithful. To what extent is God asking the church of Smyrna to be faithful? He's telling them to be faithful unto death. That is to say, even if you are seeing death staring at you, you, still, you should still be faithful. Praise the Lord. To so many of us, the only thing we see sometimes staring at us is going to prison. Okay? But we are still, even with that, we are not faithful. Even with that, we are not faithful. So he says, we should be faithful unto death. Let us not say, don't you know if I do this will of God, my life could be in for it. It is a very beautiful statement that convinces everybody. But I want you to know, our calling is such that we should be faithful, if the need be, unto death. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That is why in Philippians chapter 3, that is why in Philippians chapter 3, Paul made us to understand that this, all these are part of our calling. He is not able to meet up, but he wants to meet up. Amen? He wants to meet up. He's not able to meet up, but he wants to meet up. That is why he said, I want to know the power of what? His resurrection. The power that works miracle. The power that raises the dead. The power that destroys the works of the devil. I, I don't want to stop there. I want to also add the fellowship of his suffering. I want to add the fellowship of his suffering. Okay? Being made conformable to what? To death. That is to say, if it leads to death, let it be. Praise the Lord. Somebody was talking about a particular church. And so many things were happening there. And he was complaining. And I asked the question, how many members of that church that are attending that church and their ultimate reason for attending that church is to make heaven? I couldn't receive any answer. Praise the Lord. Because so many people have come into that congregation because they want miracle or the other, because uh, the man of God is demonstrating, you know, deep truth kind of power. And they made themselves 
doing things that are not convenient. Praise the Lord. And people we are complaining. But I want you to understand that this is part of our calling. This is part of our calling. Although none of us will want this, but that is the truth. Amen. Even me that is speaking here, I don't want this. You know, going to that extent. But that is the truth. It is part of our calling. Let somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. He said we should turn from our evil ways like he recommended to the church of Titeria. Okay? Turn from our evil ways and hold tightly the truth. Hold tightly the truth. Turn from your evil way. Hold tightly the truth. Because the problem is the truth. You don't know the truth and you are not holding tightly to it so that no one takes it away from you. Amen. So that no one takes it away from you. Hold tightly to it. Amen. John chapter 8 verse 32 says, You shall know the truth and it shall set you free. Hold on to that truth. Don't let anybody try to, you know, uh, paint it for you. Hold it, hold on to it firmly. Also, he, he recommended to the church of Sardis, wake up, wake up, strengthen what is left so that everything will not die. Wake up, strengthen Strengthen what is left so that everything will not die. Amen. Amen. He also told the church of Sardis, go back to what you had and believe at first. Amen. Go back to what you had and believe at first. Because a lot of things we are flying up and down, a lot, of, a lot of teachings we are flying here and there, and it, it, is, it is sweeping the people off their feet. Go back to that you believe. That truth you know, if anybody is trying to preach something else to you, first of all, make sure you are holding on to that truth. Don't leave that truth, the one you know. Don't leave it before you examine what is being said. If what is being said does not agree with the scripture, you, you give it back to whoever has given it to you. Because it is something very important. The Bible says, if a man loses his own soul, what shall he make to replace it? So, losing heaven is something very tragic. Nobody should allow that to happen. 
So because of that, we must do all we can to make sure we make heaven. Praise the Lord. Amen. In church in Philadelphia, Jesus recommended, hold on to what you have so that no one takes away your crown. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes away your crown. You are fighting. You are fasting. You are laboring and you are enduring for your crown. Let no one take it away. Praise the Lord. In this two chapters, Jesus also makes us to understand the consequences if what he has recommended is not taken. Okay? To the church of Ephesus, he told them he's going to remove their lamp from its position if they refuse to repent and go back to their first love. He's going to remove their lamp from the position. You know, the church of God is the lamp of the world. So if the church refuses to light, both the church and the world will be in what? In darkness. And we know what it means. None of us prays for that in the name of Jesus. Our lamp will not be removed from its position in the name of Jesus. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Remember therefore from where thou art fallen, and repent, do the first work, or I will come unto thee quickly, I will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except you repent. Amen. To the church in Pergamon, he told, he said, Repent or I will fight you with the sword of my mouth. I'm very sure to so many of us this is strange that Jesus is going to be the one to fight us if we fail to repent. Amen. So let us repent and hold on to that love, that first love that God has made us to encounter. Praise the Lord. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. You know, Jesus had promised if you endure to the end, if you conquer, if you are obedient, these are the words that proceeds the promises that God has for us. Amen. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 11, I paraphrase, I will give you the crown of life, and whoever is victorious will not be hurt in the second death. Whoever is victorious will not be hurt in the second death. And he went for that to say, I will give everyone who is victorious to eat out of the manna that is hidden in heaven. And we give each one a white stone 
and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one knows except the one who receives it. It is all boiled to our obedience, our endurance, and our readiness to fight, and our readiness to conquer. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Let us rise up and begin to appreciate God for his words. Let us pray for the power to do the will of God. In whatever way we need to repent, let us ask God to enable us, to give us the grace to repent. Begin to talk to God. Talk to God to give you the grace to repent. Speak to God that God should continue to help you to hear his word, to listen to his instruction, to hearken to his warning, to obey all the word that he has spoken to you today and what you have been hearing. Let's continue to ask God that, Lord, help me to continue to hear your word. Help me, Lord, to continue to hear your word in the various ways that you want me to hear. God can speak to you in various ways. One way is what you have heard this afternoon. God has spoken his word to you. It might be something around you that God is speaking to you. You need the signing spirit. Ask God, give me the designing spirit that interpret to me that you are talking to me so that I can hear your warning. Father, help me in the mighty name of Jesus. Pray that God should help you that his word will not grow cold in your life. The spirit will continue to live in you. The spirit will continue to occupy your mind, your heart, so that when the word comes, you'll be able to identify this is the voice of God. Help me, Lord. Help me. Heavenly Father, help me. Let me continue to hear your word. Revelation 3, 6 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I've heard you today, Lord. Father, let your Spirit continue to help me to understand your word, to hear your word, to know what you are telling the church. Thank you, Almighty God. We bless your name for your word that we have heard this afternoon. Thank you for reminding us that you will continue to speak to us. You continue to guide us. You continue to sound your warning to us when we are derailing. Father, we appreciate you, Lord. We thank you for your message that we have heard. And the message we have heard today, let it be fruitful in our life in the mighty name of Jesus. As you have planted this word in our heart, Father, we pray that you continue to wet it with your spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your Holy Spirit continue to grow in our life so that all your warning, we continue to listen to him and hearken to your warning in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. We bless you. We glorify you. For your servant that you have used for us this day, Father, we want to hear more from him. Father, increase the depth of his knowledge in the mighty name of Jesus. And the source of your word in him shall never dry up in Jesus' name. Thank you, almighty God. Bless him, bless the work of his hand. Fulfill all his hard desire in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless his family, bless his children. Let your word continue to grow in him in Jesus' name. Father, we want to thank you once again for today's service. 
Lord, we thank you for your word that we have heard. Father, we pray as we step out of this auditorium, we pray that your word will continue to speak to us in the mighty name of Jesus. As we go, let your presence go with us in Jesus' name. Our program starting from tomorrow through Sunday, Monday, Father, let your word, let it be firmly established in the mighty name of Jesus. Take absolute control in Jesus' name. And the purpose of that program, let it be fulfilled in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Uh, before we share the grace, try to invite somebody to women's program on Monday. It's going to be a very exciting program. People will be blessed. As many that you can bring to this hall on that very day, brethren, bring them. God is already here. He will touch your life. He will touch everyone's life in Jesus' name. Shall we share the grace together in fellowship? In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the